Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. Reading for tonight is the chapter, I should say the paragraph, before what we read on Sunday. So we focused on Mary's visit to Elizabeth, but here is the birth of Jesus foretold to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David, or of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for who? Her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. So as I mentioned on Sunday, we're doing a sermon series called Arrive, and part of what we want to do with this Advent sermon series is talk about the importance of place. So on Sunday, I talked about the the travel for Mary to go visit visit Elizabeth was like a hundred miles of rough terrain and dangerous. So it had to be with a lot of will that she went to make this visit. So tonight... We see the angel come to Mary, and it's in a Galilean town of Nazareth. Nazareth, I'm sure you've heard of it. Any of you been here? Been there? Several of us, yeah? Yeah, some of us from Peace was one of our first big overseas trips that we took together many years ago. And I remember being in Nazareth, and and today it's this thriving... uh, multicultural, multi-religion city with lots of crazy drivers and all that sort of stuff that you sometimes find in Israel. But at the time of this story, it was an almost nothingville. 200 people, most scholars say. It was kind of just a tiny little village where not a lot was going on. Now, one of the things that we learned when we were there is the importance of this nearby city that at that time was the thriving 
cultural hub of the area. And they've just in the past 20, 30 years, our, our uh, archaeologists have uncovered some of this city and are finding more and more about it. It's called Sepphoris, sometimes, uh, uh, no, I'm going to forget the other name, Zip, Zippery? Any of you? Anyways, never mind. Sepphoris! Sepphoris! And uh, uh, it was about a four-mile walk from Nazareth, easily done in an hour or so. And uh, it, it was an important city because it was filled with wealth. It was a city that Herod uh, was restoring and rebuilding and wanted to make one of his capitals in the area of Galilee. So Sepphoris, it was also known as the uh, ornate city of Galilee. As I mentioned, it was filled with a lot of wealth. It was, some of the wealth led to some incredible architecture. They devised water systems. So, and, and when we toured this, we noticed that the water systems, they said, actually went into everyone's home on the main street, which is an incredible feat in this day. So Sepphoris was this amazing place. Now. Here's a picture of an artist's rendition looking at Sepphoris. That's it in the middle there, and this is looking at it from Nazareth. A rendition of what it might have looked like in the day of Jesus. A lot of scholars think this might have been where, because Jesus grew up in Nazareth, might have come up with that image of a city on a hill cannot be hid. City on a hill cannot be hid. So Nazareth, this tiny little nowhere village of 200, would look over on this massive city on the hill with all of its wealth and architecture and beauty all lit up at night. So why am I telling you this? What's the significance of this? Well, here's a little bit of contextual history for you that I think has a lot to say with the reading that I just read. There was something that happened in Sepphoris in about the year 4 BCE, which is when most scholars think was the actual birth year of Jesus. Mary, uh, a lot of scholars said, would have been about 14 years old at this point. And Herod the Great, the first Herod, his sons then took over after this, he died. So Herod the Great dies. And Josephus and some other uh, historians marked that there was this man after Herod died named Judas, not the Judas you know, a different Judas, called Judas the Galilean. Came into this town of Sepphoris, broke into the palace, stole the arms, took it out to his rebels, and they started a rebellion all over the place. Anywhere that they could, they started a rebellion in protest to Rome probably know Rome doesn't really like that sort of thing. Rome got upset. They appointed this guy. Go to the next slide. Quintilius Varus. He was uh, uh, one of the generals for the Roman army. He comes in with three legions, 20,000 troops. Comes into Sepphoris and destroys it. Burns it to the ground, 
enslaves many of its people. And the, the men that they caught that were involved in the rebellion, some scholars say there was 2,000 crucifixions. 2,000. And what they would do, you've probably heard this, they would, they would put the crucifixions all along the main road into town. Because the whole point was to say, you probably shouldn't do this. So picture this. Picture this. Mary, there's no way she would have not known all about this. She would have lived it, seen it, watched this unfold. Joseph as well, of course. And after this takes place, Joseph and Jesus, do you remember what Joseph did for a living? Carpenter. The actual term is tekton. And we learned when we were in Israel, probably was more of a stonemason than a woodworker. And so think about this fact that, let me show you a road now in, go to the next slide if you would, Becky, please, thank you. Here's a road that was in the town that was destroyed. Now they rebuilt it after the fact. And so uh, the people of the town needed a lot of help to rebuild their village. So guess who they would have employed? Tectons. It's highly likely, a lot of scholars say, that Joseph and his son would have been employed rebuilding this town throughout a lot of Jesus' childhood. So think about the stories that Think about what Mary and Joseph would have shared with their son. The stories of the people they encountered while they did the work. The hurt, the pain, the suffering, the loss. As people shared about family members that they lost. Fathers that were crucified. Jesus growing up, hearing all of these stories. And then, now, let me reread these words that the angel says to Mary. Because I think when you hear them, after hearing what she might have witnessed and what her family would have witnessed, think of the comfort that these words might have said to them. When the angel says, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Or when he said, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Or when the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I don't know, when I read those words after thinking about what they've experienced, those words seem to have new meaning. And I think those words are still true today. Those promises still, I think God wants us to know as we watch the news and we see horrific event after horrific event. And I saw before we came here, my wife pointed out a shooting in Las Vegas. It's like we, it, it, sometimes we just got to turn off the news and maybe once again be reminded of these words that are still true and most especially at Advent. Emmanuel, the Lord is 